Well, we're continuing this morning in our series on doing life God's way. Doing life God's way. You're here this morning. If you were here last week, you heard us talk about the temple, about the body, and what you do with that, and how you can change and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You heard us talk about that. And if you're here today and you were here last week, guess what? You're doing life. Huh? You're, you're doing life if you're here. Will you do it God's way? Doing it God's way. And that's not to say, are you doing it God's way? Maybe, maybe you're struggling with that. Maybe you're not. We're just trying to show you in these particular sermons a little bit of a roadmap on how to do life God's way. Maybe you're struggling with not knowing how to do that. So that's the whole point. Next week, our senior pastor will be back in the pulpit, and he'll be talking about talents. And then he'll be, it's going to take him two weeks to get through that talent, because all of you have so much talent that it's going to take him at least two weeks to get through that. So that's the next couple weeks. You can look forward to that. And then the following two weeks, we'll have uh, our children's ministry director and uh, worker there, and that is Matt Nicosia. We'll be finishing up talking about the treasures and talking about your testimony. How do we do those things? But this morning, we're here to talk about the opportunity of your life. The opportunity of your life. And this is um, very interesting. The word opportunity, I, when I look this up in the passage, in the passage that we have this morning is Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. Some of the translations will tell you that the time, and it's in here, let's read it. Therefore, be careful how you walk. This is the NASB. Not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now then, I'll read it to you, the NIV. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. See, they move opportunity and time as being basically the same meaning. Because the days are evil, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. As I started to look at this passage and started to look into time, I started to think how precious a commodity time is. It's a precious commodity, and if you were with us last week and you're here this morning, Guess what? 168 hours has gone by. 168 hours. 10,080 minutes. And for you who are more analytical, the engineer type in our building today, Tim, 604,800 seconds has gone by since you were here last week. A precious commodity, but guess what? You all had the same amount of that commodity. I didn't get more than you, and you didn't get more than me. We all had the exact same amount of time. So that means we all had the same opportunity. We have an opportunity in our life. And according to Psalm 139, who gives you the opportunity? Who gives you your opportunity, your time? Well, according to Psalm 139, he says, your days are numbered by God. 
God is the one who gives you the number of days that he's given you. That's going to be different across this room. Some of you have more days than others at this point in your life. Just by the chronological order of your ages, and we're not going to get into how old you are, but some of you have more days than others. Some of you have more of an opportunity, maybe. And then it also says in Scripture, there is a time for everything and seasons in our lives for every activity under heaven. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Time is not something you should take for granted. Time is of the essence, as it were, in God's plan. When you sign contracts a lot of times, or you're making an offer to someone, they'll say, time is of the essence. You need to get that offer to them right away. Well, God is saying to you, I've got a contract with you. I've given you time. I'm giving you an opportunity. Time is of the essence. It's important. There are three things in the passage that we read. I'm going to read it again to you so we can follow along with me. Here we are. This is the NIV version. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Three things I want to say about the opportunity of your life. First, you need to access the right pathway for your life. Secondly, take advantage of every opportunity. And the last thing I would say is pay attention to what the will of God is in your life. Pay attention. Let's start with access the right pathway for your life. Be very careful then how you live. And that live can be walk, has the same meaning. Not as unwise, but as wise. Now, be very careful, and then the word then. And right there on that word then kind of tells me there's something else that's going on. Be very careful then. Well, what, what's the then there for? Well, it takes us back. We go back up to verse 13, and you'll see that it says, um, but everything exposed by light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. And this is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Choose the right path. If you're dead this morning, if you're living in darkness, you're on the unwise path. That's the unwise path. What's the unwise path look like? The unwise path or the foolish pathway is a path of darkness. It's full of immorality. It's full of impurity. It has greed, filthiness, silly, coarse talk. It's an unfruitful path. There are no deeds that are fruitful on that pathway. They're all kind of self-serving. But the wise pathway is the one that if you've met Jesus, you see, he said there that, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead. Guess how God found you? Dead. 
You were dead in your trespasses according to Ephesians 2. And you were in darkness. See, God has no part of darkness. He's all light. He does not dwell in the darkness. He dwells in the light. He can't come into the dark without creating light. You ever been in a dark room where you can't see in front of your face? You can't even see your hand. You ever been there? If you light a match, how, what happens in that room? It lights up. It lights up. You can see. But when God comes into your life, it's more than a match. It's a bright light. And that's the pathway you want to be on. You want to be on the pathway that is lit up by the light of Jesus Christ. That's the path you should be on. If you're here this morning and you don't know how to get on that pathway, I'm going to tell you there's only one way to get out of the, out of the unwise path and get onto the wise path, and it's Jesus Christ. He is the light that will shine on you. You will have the light shining on you. Your path will be lit up not only by him, but by the bright light hitting you and reflecting. All of a sudden, you're on the right path. That's a path that follows after God. It's a path that follows after him. He said earlier in the chapter, he said that you have to walk in the love just as Christ loved us. You're following after Christ. He loves you. You now know how to love, so you're walking in a pathway that shows love to one another. You're walking as children of light. You're on the right pathway. The path, and in that pathway, you're going to want to tell others about the light. You're going to say to them, look, you're living in darkness. I want to pull you out. I used to walk in darkness. Now I walk in the light of Jesus Christ in my life, and he's made a difference. He's made a difference. If you're here this morning and you're walking in the dark and you're not sure what I'm talking about, all oh, that you would meet my Savior. All oh, that you would know him the way I do. That you would be able to place your faith in Jesus Christ who conquered death on a cross. He died for every sin that you could possibly do. Whatever the worst thing is that you could think of, he died for it. He paid the price for it. And he will cause you to be on a right pathway. A right pathway of wisdom. One that brings knowledge. One that says, I have a future. I understand why I'm here now. So in that, you get on the right pathway. And when you're on that right pathway, what do you do? You now do our second point. You take advantage. You take advantage of every opportunity that, that God gives you. Who gives you time? Who is in charge of time? We read it earlier. God's in charge of time. He's the one that gives you the days of your life. He holds your next breath in his hand, he says. You're here today breathing because he ordained it to be. He's allowed it to be. Take advantage of every opportunity. Take advantage of every opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity. Read the verse. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. I was thinking as I was pouring over these notes last night, just trying to make sure that I had a good grasp of what God wanted me to say to you this morning. And I was thinking about Mary and Martha how they spent their time. Martha, Christ is going to come to her household. And Mary and her are there. And Martha is all about what? She's all about the horizontal effect. She, her time, she's going to spend it cleaning the house. She's going to spend it 
uh, making sure the food's just right, making sure that all the dust has been taken care of. And what's Mary doing? She's spending her time having a party with Jesus. And then Martha says, Jesus, why don't you tell Mary she's doing the wrong thing? She's spending all her time over there just laying at your feet. Almost sounds ridiculous saying it, huh? Just laying at Jesus' feet. What a waste of time. She should be up here cleaning. Oh, yeah. We can get on, Martha. But how many times have you done that? I certainly have. Getting everything right down here. Pastor talked one time about he's going to prayer, and uh, he gets on his knees, and he's ready to pray, and he, oh, God, and he's looking up on the desk, and there's things out of order. So he's cleaning up the desk instead of meeting with Jesus. Which is the better use of your time? Cleaning the desk or meeting with Jesus? It's meeting with Jesus. Now, there's a specific thing that takes place here. It's a specific amount of time that we're talking about. It's not time infinite. It's not that type of time. It's a specific time. It's a time for doing something for the Lord, basically. It's your life, but who gave you your life? God did. So everything you now do should be for him. So I was just talking to a brother this morning in a prayer meeting downstairs. 8.30 in the morning, the deacons and elders who are available meet and they pray. And this brother was telling me, because you know we're all captive by time. We're captivated by a schedule. We have to be somewhere at a certain time. You had to get up this morning at a certain time. And you had to get ready by a certain time. And you had to drive here to be here on time. So that you'd have the opportunity to worship. And you'd have the opportunity to be with one another. I think that's a good thing. I believe that's what God told us to do. Wonderful. This man's on his way here for the prayer meeting. He said he stopped at 7-Eleven. And as he was getting out of the car, he noticed a man that he said was older. I have forgiven him because he said the guy was 60 and I'm only about a year and a half from that. And so I said, well, okay, I guess I'll forgive you for saying old. But he, he said that he, this guy was begging for money. And he was like, oh, man. So he reached in his wallet and he pulled out some ones, he said. And he walked up to the man and he said, look, I'm going to give you this. But can I tell you about Jesus? Because this is just a little bit of money. This is, this is your treasure. This is what you treasure. But I got a God that's infinitely greater. And it's, there's more treasures in him than you'll ever find on this earth. And you'll, if you'll just let me share it, I'll share this with you. And the man said, well, I don't want to hear about that. And so the man said, well, if I give it to you, will you at least let me pray for you? And he did. And he let him pray for him. People of God, I do not know anyone who's ever turned me down when I've asked them to, if I could pray for them. No one. I can tell you of no one who's ever said, yeah, no, I don't want you to pray for me. They will let you pray for them. Is that an opportunity? It's a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity. But he said the whole time that he was doing this, and I think he was doing the right thing, but the whole entire time he's doing that, he's thinking, I got to get to church at 830 so I can pray. And he said, I was wondering, God, am I, after he was done and he was headed here and he was running late, he said, I wondered, God, is the reward of me sharing Christ with the man even been wiped out by my own thought of I've got to be somewhere else? Because my time is valuable. 
My time is valuable. I got to be somewhere at 830. But you know what? I think God had an appointment with that man this morning to meet with that man this morning. And he was aware enough to say, I want to tell you about Jesus Christ. That's the opportunity that we've been given. You know that God placed, God placed this wonderful thing that cost him his son's life. The gift of salvation, the gospel of Jesus Christ. He put that in your life. He put that in your mouth to speak, to say, to tell people about. That is your opportunity. That's the opportunity of your life is to be able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Take every advantage. Take every advantage to share it. Stop sitting on it. Quit acting like, well, I got mine. I hope somebody else tells them to get theirs. I got my insurance policy. Stop. Stop. Take the time that God's given you and use it wisely to tell people. Change their eternity. God is using us to do that. It's a specific time that he's allotted you to do his work. Specific. Specific. Listen to 1 Peter 1.17. It alludes to the specificness of it. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. Since my God's going to judge one day, I'm going to live out my time here as a foreigner. I don't belong here. I'm not here anymore. This world is not my home. I said it last week. I'm just passing through. My treasures are not here. They're up there. They belong in heaven. The treasures that you want are those that you can place at Jesus' feet. The ones that you can take with you after you're gone. Wow, every person that you witness to who comes to faith in Jesus Christ is going to meet you in heaven one day. I believe that with all my heart. And they're going to say, thank you for sharing with me. Thank you for telling me about it. I was in darkness and you showed me the light. You took your opportunity and you spent it on me. Wow. In Job 14, 14, he says, all the days of my appointed time will I wait until my change comes. All the days of my appointed time. There is an appointed time to each one. There's an appointed time to me. And it's God's sovereignty. However long you're going to be on this earth, however long your opportunities are going to be, it's all in his hands. You cannot, he said you will not add one day. You cannot add one day to your life. You cannot. It's all by him. So right now you're saying, well, okay, pastor, that's okay. That's, that's good. How do I take advantage of opportunities? I don't get these opportunities like that guy had. But how, do I, how do I get an opportunity like that? Well, I'm glad you asked, even though you didn't ask. I kind of made the question up myself. <laughs> Making the most of your opportunity. How do I do that? How do I make the most of it? How do I, how do I get there? Well, I, I wrote down a few things. You could start by praying for your oikos. You could start on your knees asking God to help you with your oikos. Why? Because the day is evil. The day is evil. You don't have another day, maybe. And the person you're praying for 
may not have another day. You start praying and asking God to open up the floodgates and open up the doors. I'm telling you, I've never prayed and asked God to allow me to share the gospel with somebody, but what, I didn't share it that day, it seems like. Somehow it opened up. That was my opportunity. That day, the opportunity was, with my life that day was to share Christ. With my life every day should be to share Christ. Pray that the will of God will be revealed in your life because the days are evil. Pray for the pastor and staff of Valley Bible Church because the days are evil. Pray for our founding senior pastor and his wife because the days are evil. Reading and studying your Bible to get to know the will of God, do that today because the day is evil. Evangelizing the lost in your family, your neighborhood, and on your job, and wherever else your pathway goes, do it today because the day is evil. Discipling someone, taking a young Christian on your, and, and spending time with him sharing the truths of God so that they will then understand how to share the gospel with somebody else, do that today because the days are evil. You don't know if you'll have tomorrow. Service for Christ and his church, you do it today because the days are evil. Becoming a consistent giver of the resources God has placed in your life because the days are evil. And those resources, I am not talking just about your finances. God has given every one of you an ability. He's given you a body. He's given you time. Oh, that you would serve him today. Oh, that you would tell somebody about Jesus Christ today. Why? Because the days are evil. And if Paul said that 2,000 years ago, I hate to think of what the world looks like today in comparison. The days are evil. You must get engaged. You must take the opportunity. Use the opportunity he's given you. Use the time that he's given you to tell others about this wonderful message. The third point. is that you would pay attention to the will of God in the opportunity of your life. Verse 17, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not be foolish. Stop being foolish. He uses therefore again. Why did he say therefore? He just said therefore in 15. Now he's saying therefore again. I think it's a different kind of foolish than the unwise path. Stop being foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. It's a different kind of foolish. It's start engaging your mind. Start thinking on what the will of God is in my life. What is the will of God for this world? What is the will of God for Valley Bible Church? What is the will of God for my, my wife and my kids? What's the will of God for me? What is the will of God? How do I know? I have to engage my mind. I have to start looking on these, on these words right here. This is where I will find out what the will of God is. If you're hearing this this week and you heard it last week, guess what? Same thing. Transform yourself. Get to know who he is so that you'll know what to do. If you don't know him and you don't know his will, guess whose will you're doing? Guess whose will you're performing if you're not looking at God's will? Either your own 
or the will of the devil who's the father of this age? Huh? It's one or the other. You have to make a choice. My choice is I'm going to take every opportunity, every time that I'm available, and I'm going to give it to God. I'm going to tell people about Jesus Christ. The opportunity of your life. The opportunity of your life. Pay attention to what the will of God is. Take advantage of every opportunity that he affords you. And get on the right pathway. Get on the right pathway. Access the right pathway in your life. Find the pathway that's light and has light on it. If you get on that pathway, that's the start of the will of God. Now you say to me, what is the will of God, Larry? I'm not always positive of that. Well, I, I think if you just read verse 18. Let's read verse 18. I'll, it'll show you. This just shows you one passage, one passage that you can read. If we look at verse 18, I'm going to show you the will of God in everybody in the room's life, in, in, in their life. I'm going to show it to you. Do not get drunk on wine. Do not get drunk on wine. This is the will of God for you. Don't get drunk on wine. That's a takeaway. If you're getting drunk on wine now, you got to stop doing that. Stop being foolish. Stop being foolish. Quit doing that. Why? Because that leads to debauchery. That leads to living in darkness. That's what it does. It means I'm taking over in the darkness section. I'm, I'm over here kind of trying to live over there, but I can't do it because I'm in the light. Because the light's in me now. You know, when you get saved, when you get saved, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, when you realize that you were a sinner and in need of a Savior and that he died on a cross for you and was buried and rose again, and when you place your faith in that, when you put your trust in that, you become a new creature. And when that happens, you've got, at that point in time, you have all the wisdom you need to get on the right path. You don't have all the wisdom you need, but you've got all the wisdom you need to get on the right pathway. You can get off the dark pathway. You can quit stumbling and tripping over every rock in the pathway. Because now I got the love of Jesus Christ in me. I got the light in me. I can see the pathway. I know that's not the right way. I know this is the right way. That's what happens whenever you do that. When you become saved. When you get to know Jesus. When you say, I want the light of Jesus to shine in my life. In verse 14, like you said. But in 15, then, then listen to this. Now we're not done with the will of God. That's what you don't do. That's what you don't do. You, you stop getting drunk with wine. And I, I think that this means you stop doing anything that controls you is, my, is a thought I have. I think the overall connotation says if you're doing drugs, stop doing them. Stop doing anything that controls you like this. Stop it. Go for the will of God. What's the will of God? Look. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Hmm. Isn't that nice? See, I, I got to take away the drunkenness because a lot of times people get drunk because what? They're trying to forget things in life. They're trying to get above it. And it's a tranquilizer kind of effect where I can just take this and then I'll feel good for a while. But I'm going to tell you what. I know how you can feel good for a long time. For a long, long time. You can get to feeling pretty good if you'll be filled with the Spirit. 
You'll get to feel pretty good if you can be filled with the Spirit. You won't need wine anymore. You won't need drugs anymore. You won't need whatever it is you run to. You run to the Holy Spirit. You say, I want to be filled with him. Now listen, there's a difference. When I got saved, I got him. He's in me. The Spirit's in me already. The Holy Spirit is living in me. He said that he gave me the Holy Spirit as a comforter, as a helper, as a seal of my salvation. So I've got him. So this is different than that. This is different. This is my will is involved. My will is involved. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm not going to do the wrong thing anymore. I'm not going to get drunk. I'm not going to get in all these other things that, that are my fix for my circumstances. Instead, I'm willfully, willfully going to be filled with the Spirit. That's, that's you giving permission. That's you saying, Lord, I want the Spirit in me. I want to be filled with the Spirit. I want to be controlled by the Spirit. I don't want Him just in me. I want to be controlled. I want to, I want to walk according to the Spirit. So here's just one example of the will of God in one verse. And it's a great one. It's a great one. Almost everything else will come after you get filled with the Spirit. All the other things you're supposed to be doing in your life, let me tell you something, you won't want to do the wrong thing if you're being filled with the Spirit. So this is just an example of getting in the Word. This is a real quick example from me. Just getting in the Word. Now, those are the facts. Those are the things that Paul says here. So it's get on the right pathway. Access the right path. Um, and then take advantage of all the opportunities that you're being given. Okay? Now, one of the things that's said sometimes on that is, well, but, but Pastor, wait a minute. I've had so many opportunities and they, they got past me. I, I didn't do, I, there was times when I knew I should have shared Christ and I didn't do it. Well, I, I don't know what you can do about your past. There's not much you can do to change that. That's kind of like the, the milk bottle that got spilled on the table. You can't put it back in. But I know what you can do in the future. I know what you can do going forward. It starts with our message last week. Give him your body. Give him your body. Yet guess what? You can't give him your body if you won't give him your time. Don't tell me you're giving, giving, giving me him his, your body. Eh. Spit that out again. Don't tell me you're giving your body to him if you're not giving him your time. Hard for me to believe. He's, he wants a body that he can use. Not want to say, well, there it is over there. I've got his body, but there's no time to be able to use it. Right? So how do you do that? How do you do that? You just start reading the word. You get in there. You get on the right pathway. You start sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you what. If you start asking God to give you somebody to share Christ with, he will. He will. It's what he wants. You talk about a prayer that's in his will. It's what he wants you to do. So now I come to the closing part of this, and I, I want to ask a few questions. I want to implore you. I want to say to you, please do these things. Please. Are you accessing the right pathway for your life? Are you, are you, are you dabbling? Are you, are you knowing I should be on the path where the light is at, but I'm over here on a path where it's dimly lit? Because if you're saved, it's going to have some light to it. I'm sorry. But you cannot go play in the dark. Come on, if you've been playing in the dark, Oh, I wish you this morning 
would get on the right pathway, that you get on the path to wisdom, the one that takes you back to the Lord, the one that, that you have a lit path. I know where to go now. This other one, I'm stumbling and I'm tripping and I'm falling. I keep finding myself on my face. And I don't want to be on my face. How do I get on the right path? Well, you got to get that spirit in you. You got to get filled with the spirit and you'll get back on the right pathway. So what pathway are you on? Are you traveling on the unwise one? Oh, get off the unwise pathway. It's not for you. Are you taking advantage of the opportunities God is giving you? I pray you will. If you are, praise God. If you're not, start. Start. No one's here to make you feel, God's not even here to make you feel guilty. He's just saying, start. Get on the right path. Start sharing my son. That's the opportunity of your life. That's why I saved you. He said that he chose you. He created you and chose you that you might glorify him. Well, I'm not doing that if I'm on the wrong path. I'm on the right path, I'm doing it. Wrong path, I'm not. So I'm, I want to get on the right path that I might take advantage of the opportunity afforded me by God. And the last thing there is, are you paying attention to the will of God in the opportunity of your life? If the opportunity was before you, would you know that it was in the will of God? How would you know? What, how do I get to know? You got to get in the book. You got to get in the book. You have to get in there to find out the will of God in your life. But I do know this. The will of God for everybody in this room is that you'd share Christ. You would share Christ. That's the will of God. That's why he saved you. Look at this. This is incredible. The very thing that cost him his son's life he put in your mouth and in your mouth, my mouth, all over the room. And we just need to share it. We just need to open up. It's, it's not about how you do it. There's no perfect little formula. And, and you won't do it wrong. If you share what Christ did in your life, that probably will be plenty. If you would just share what he's done in your own life, what it was like when you were in the dark and how God came along and you've been living in the light, and there is absolutely nothing like living in the light. There's nothing like it. Nothing like it. I encourage you this morning, get on the right path. Access the right pathway. Take advantage of every opportunity. Prepare yourself. Plan for an opportunity. Be ready. And then... Just pay attention to what the will of God is in your life. Amen? Father, we thank you this morning for your goodness to us. We thank you that you gave us time. You're the holder of every breath that we take. And that you had a plan and a purpose for each person in the room, Lord. You saved them that they might do a work for you. You saved them that they might be a servant. That they might serve you all of the rest of the days of their lives. Lord, if there's someone here this morning who's never met you, they're on the dark path and they don't understand how to get in the light, all oh, that you would um, put it in their hearts to come up in front here and talk to one of the pastors as they'll be here in front. I ask you, Lord, if there's someone who's struggling to stay on the right path, all oh, that they would 
see that the only real way to live this life is to be on that path of righteousness, the one of love and the one that follows after you. I pray you'd do that. pray you'd do that. Lord, we want your will in our lives. And we just pray that your will would be that we would, we know your will is that we would take advantage of all the opportunities you're giving us. May we do that in Jesus' name. Amen.